welcome back. Sit yourself down, get comfy if you can. It's me, Damien Barr, welcoming you to another Book of the Week podcast here on the Literary Salon. Thank you so much for joining us. I like to think of you adjusting a little blanket around your knees or perhaps mixing yourself a martini or making yourself a cup of tea. Get comfy, settle down for a story. Now, the next book is called I Am Not Raymond Wallace. And this is a smashing debut by a writer called Sam Kenyon, who I've followed for ages on Twitter. And I've really enjoyed watching him find his voice, find his feet. Sam is a writer, a composer, a teacher and a father. And this is a story of queer history, families, love, loss and redemption. It's set in 1963 when Raymond arrives in Manhattan and he doesn't know his life is about to change. It's a journalistic, well, he begins, Raymond, a journalistic investigation into the city's then flourishing gay community. Well, flourishing in its own way, let's just say. Um, And this leads Raymond to discover his own repressed desires. So there we go. Journalistic inquiry leading to personal revelation. As many have before him and as many have since, Raymond must choose between love and authenticity and what's expected of him by society. The book covers 40 years and seeks to capture the experience of a generation of men struggling to reconcile their pasts with changing attitudes towards sexuality. It's very poignant, it's sympathetic, it's insightful. It's one of those books that I know is going to do really well at Gaze the Word and one of those books that we're going to be talking about um, a lot as a welcome new voice but also as a wee bit of history that really we haven't had. Now, Julianne Moylan, whose novel That Green-Eyed Girl we celebrated on the podcast, has said about this book that it is a beautiful story, elegantly told and utterly heartbreaking you'll need tissues. Now, I personally did not put a double entendre on the you'll need tissues line, but you might have heard that. I don't know. Anyway, it is an emotional read, and it is the points of sexy read, but it really is a sweeping generational story. So, Sam Kenyon, welcome to the Literary Salon podcast. Thank you for being one of our books of the week. And here's Sam with a reading that he's prepared for us. Hello, I'm Sam Kenyon, and I am overjoyed to be reading exclusively for listeners of Damien Barr's Literary Salon from my debut novel, I Am Not Raymond Wallace. Raymond arrives in New York in October 1963, just weeks before the assassination of JFK. He is 21 years old and is on a work placement at the New York Times. There he meets his boss, Mr Bukowski, Dolores, Bukowski's secretary, and he is placed on an assignment with veteran journalist Doty. The topic? What Doty refers to as the growth of overt homosexuality in the city. Doty gives Raymond some psychology textbooks to read on the topic and sends him to a boutique in the village with a budget to upgrade Raymond's rather old-fashioned clothing. There, Raymond meets the charming Joshua. In this excerpt, Raymond decides to walk the length of Manhattan one Saturday night in search of something he cannot yet admit to. When he sees a stranger pass through a doorway, he follows him and finds himself in a bar. Raymond realises that he hasn't actually looked around since he arrived. It is as though he is so certain that this was indeed his destination that he doesn't need to pay attention, or as though he is so nervous about what he might find that he cannot bear to look. Then music plays, 
A man's voice sings about a lover man, of all things, and Raymond's eyes widen as he takes in the room. In one corner is a lone man dancing slowly, his vest, his undershirt, riding up his torso. He is like Salome, shamelessly determined. His eyes are closed tightly, ecstatically. Raymond envies and admires his rhythm, his ease, and, yes, that same freedom he'd seen in Joshua. He bleeds himself into the extraordinary and appalling concept of taking part. He fades himself out of one world and into this new one. After all, it is only for a moment. And although it is a world of strangers and unknown systems of thought, to Raymond it feels like coming home. He suddenly longs to dance with a man. He closes his eyes and imagines dance halls, partnered nights, some men leading, some following, some taking the woman's role, whatever that means now, and the roles changing. Tuxedoed boys, immaculately groomed, leading each other around the floor, changing positions every eight bars. He opens his eyes again onto the brave new world into which he has entered and feels the knot in his stomach begin to unravel, thread by thread. There are other men dancing now. One has his hand on another's hips. It is almost inconceivable to Raymond as to how that might feel, and he cannot shake off a concomitant repulsion. Nor, however, can he take his eyes off the point at which these two men converge. The man being held has his arms drawn back like wings, like an angel's wings. He leans away from his partner, and Raymond wonders what that word means now. He needs to learn a new vocabulary or to learn new meanings for his existing one. This is a new order. There are codes he cannot possibly decipher, for he can barely process the information that his eyes are receiving. The holding man has his hands on the angel's hips as if delaying his flight. His thumbs grip the moment where the hips meet the abdomen. Now shrugging off that repulsion in its entirety, Raymond allows himself a new ambition. One day, he will hold his hands thus, and will feel an angel at his fingertips. Raymond gazes as the holding man's thumbs slip through the angel's belt loops, and, as they turn to the music and Raymond hears the singer singing of someone making love to him, strange as it may seem, he sees how the holding man's fingers wrap around the angel's waist to the crest of his buttocks. As if in slow motion, Raymond turns his head to the bar, realising as he does so that tears are simply streaming down his face, and he gestures for another beer. He shudders now with the relief of some ancient grief, and places his head on his hands. He hears a keening in his ears like a loose wheel, and, under the spell of the strange music and the images of these extraordinary men, it is minutes before he realises that the keening is actually his own cry, a whimper. It's him who's coming loose, though he cannot be quite sure as to whether he is falling apart or falling open. Right then, on the little finger of his right hand, Raymond feels the cold wetness of glass, refreshment, the beer he'd requested. He lifts his head, face snotty as a schoolboy's, and takes the bottle directly to his lips, a significant swig. He reaches for his wallet, but the barman shakes his head, directing Raymond's attention instead to a man on his left. Raymond turns to thank, and, having turned, finds that he can no longer speak. For the man before him is the lone dancer, Salome, eyes so dark as to be black in this light, face as open as the moon's. It's on me, he says. Drown your sorrows. 
When the stranger blinks, his lashes close slowly as though not to take his eyes by surprise. His lips are a deep, dark pink, his chin stubbled with black roots. Raymond realises that he's staring. I'm so sorry, terribly rude, he says. Thank you. There is nothing to thank me for. You look hot. Raymond blushes. Warm, says the man as though qualifying himself. But yes, hot too. Where are you from anyway? Ireland? England. So, uh, God save the Queen? Indeed, and all who sail in her. The man laughs. Raymond surprises himself at his ability to make a joke. Barely half an hour in this new world and already tears and laughter. Sir, Mr Englishman, what's your name? Raymond. Raymond Wallace. Pleasure to meet you, Raymond. I'm Joey Maniscalco. A pleasure to meet you too, Joey Maniscalco. You're the dancer. A great dancer, I mean. Joey shrugs modestly, but Raymond notes with satisfaction the smile his compliment has prompted. So, um, what brings you here, Raymond? I mean, how did you find us? I came out for a walk and I just sort of... I just stumbled across it, really. Where did you start from? The Railroad YMCA. Joey's jaw drops open. The Railroad Y? Are you kidding me? You walked? No wonder you're crying. Raymond laughs. Yes, I needed to feel the ground beneath my feet and to put some distance behind me. Once over the bridge, I was just wandering, and then I saw this tiny light at the top of the door. A man walked in, and I followed him. That's how most people find it, I guess. Serendipity, I think it's called. Serendipity's not a word I use very often. Me either, Raymond, but it seems the right word for tonight. By the way, new pants? Raymond nods embarrassedly. Can you tell? Well, I'm no detective, but you left the tag on them. May I? Raymond nods. Joey gently shifts Raymond's elbow, darting a solicitous glance into Raymond's eyes as he does so, then reaches down to his waistband and lifts Raymond's sweater slightly to untie the tag. The brush of Joey's fingers across Raymond's skin takes his breath away. Done, says Joey as though in triumph, placing the tag on the bar like a trophy. Listen, I didn't mean to, um... I've never... Well, actually I did mean to, and I hope that's okay. Sorry, I interrupted you. You've never... I've never done anything like this before. Joey smiles now, smiles, and Raymond is almost positive he even blushes. For the first time in the conversation, Joey looks to his beer, conveniently empty. Raymond doesn't hesitate to make this his cue. Can I buy you a drink? Sure, Ray. Can I call you Ray? You can call me whatever you like, he says, feeling exquisitely daring. Well then, Ray, you can buy me whatever you like, says Joey, breathily. Now Raymond stops laughing, not because he isn't enjoying himself and not because he doesn't know what's going on, but rather because he is enjoying himself very much and knows precisely what's going on. He takes another mouthful of beer and is about to gesture to the barman when he hears Joey draw breath and say, You want to come back to my place? And now Raymond cannot look at Joey. Not because he doesn't want to, but because the decision to allow himself to want this, Joey, has so many implications that his brain feels ready to explode. This is a new language, a new algebra. Raymond knows that he can open this door onto a world of unbelievable beauty, yet he cannot seem to take responsibility for the opening of that door. He swallows his beer, hears Joey add, I mean, only if you... and realises that the doors are already wide open. He turns with a whole new set of tears in his eyes. Stranger, 
Don't go all soft on me now, will you? Too late. Joey laughs kindly and nods in agreement. Too late, he repeats, and slips his left hand between Raymond's. With his right hand, Joey cups Raymond's left cheek, thumbing away his tears. Raymond leans his head into this tender touch, like an indulgent cat. Joey removes his hand from Raymond's face, picks up the tag from Raymond's new trousers and presses his thumb onto the card, staining it with Raymond's tears. Watermark, he says, making Raymond laugh, and then, as though spurred on by this, adds, Shall we? And now all Raymond Wallace can do is hang his head and follow. They open the inner door, nod to the doorman who smiles at them before drawing open the outer door. It opens onto the winter, and it opens onto the night, and the happy couple shivers, more with anticipation than cold. Oh, Joey. As I say that, I'm, I'm smiling. Can you hear the smile? We all remember our first Joey. And if you haven't yet found your first Joey, I hope that you do. The story progresses rapidly from there with a moral dilemma that you will want to see unfold for yourself. So do grab a copy of the book from your nearest indie bookshop. Now, a wee bit about Sam's publisher. It's the Indie Press Incandescent, and I love the work that they do. We are so gifted in this country right now with independent publishers and their determination to find new and brilliant stories. They're a feisty bunch and they specialise in publishing underrepresented voices, especially queer storytellers. So please do check out their website where you will discover da -da -da -da, a dress book. That's the latest from Costa shortlisted author Neil Bartlett. You may notice a quote from me on the cover because I love that book. Um, and you'll also find an anthology of stories with loads of writers that you'll recognise, including Kit Deval and Kerry Hudson. And that anthology is called Mainstream. So, plenty of titles to check out. Go and see Incandescent, and you spell that I-N-K-A-N-D-E-S-C-E-N-T. Just how much more helpful could I be? Anyway, again, thank you to Sam Kenyon for reading from his debut novel, I Am Not Raymond Wallace. Now, if you've got a friend who is in search of the latest, hottest, queerest thing, please do share this episode with them. Thank you for joining me. I hope that you take good care of yourself and that you'll join us again soon. In the meantime, happy reading. <laughs>